Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Out from the Cube. It is Monday, late afternoon. Appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, the cadence that I wanted to get into that I promised last week was to get into a Monday, Tuesday roundup or wrap up of the previous week's lessons and things I learned and things I took notes on and whom I got those lessons from and to be able to kind of distribute that out to the people that do listen to this. Um, and that is my plan. I do have some, uh, last week did not have a guest, uh, uh, on the podcast, but do have one lined up for this week. So we will be able to get another hour episode in with the guest that I have lined up for Wednesday. And I'm excited about having that guest on. It's a friend of mine that is a uh, investment, a VC guy, but also an entrepreneur, started a number of businesses, is uh, uh, well known in the St. Louis area, and is uh, somebody I admire, look up to, and I'm very excited about having him on this weekend, uh, this week on Friday. So um, won't say who he is now because something might fall through and he may not be on for a while. But um, as of right now, he will be on Wednesday. Uh, appreciate, let me start by saying I appreciate the feedback of this. Um, I started this with selfish intentions, if, if, if I can clarify that. But I have selfish intentions in that I, uh, I'm on the pursuit of learning, of meeting people, of networking, of, of learning better ways that I can provide value to uh, my family, my company, uh, the, the, my friends around me. And this has been a great way for me to do that. Uh, because let me say this, we've been doing this now for what, 18, 19 episodes. And because of the support and the number of people that are listening to this, uh, I've been able to meet people and have conversations with people that are in Hawaii, that are in Florida, that are in South Carolina, North Carolina, in Texas, here in St. Louis, people in the Northwest. It has been amazing to me, the people that have reached out and uh, have wanted to interject and wanted to provide feedback, wanted to ask if they could be on the podcast uh, and just to enjoy the conversation with one another. It's really, and the people I've met in the St. Louis area uh, has just been phenomenal. Um, so I am doing this with the intention of of trying to gather the things I'm learning. Uh, I'm not sitting here in any way, shape, or form saying that this is a tried and true principle and this is what I do and I'm super successful and this is what you need to do. That is that is not me. Uh, I am grinding this out every day. I am looking for principles and practices and ideas and strategies on how I can just get a little bit better every day. There is uh, something on Twitter that I do follow and I don't read a whole lot. Of, I, I read a whole lot of this, but I, I don't read every tweet that comes by. But it is an image uh, that is uh, attached to uh, this business. And it's a 1% mindset, a 1% mindset of just figuring out a way to get a little bit better every day, just a little bit better. Because if I can get a percent better over the course of a year, I would have made some significant changes. So that is one reason. One, this makes me get up every day. Uh, this podcast literally makes me get up every day and be passionate about trying to figure out ways that I can be more impactful to those people involved in my life, to my company, uh, to my clients. Um, but I get up early every day uh, because I know that I uh, have a podcast now that I have to have content for and have to have a discussion on. So uh, those people that have reached out to me, I really appreciate it. It's really been great meeting people. I would say this because of and this is not hyperbole or some some, uh, you know, just me embellishing anything. Two of the best conversations that I have had in the past 10 years with people have been because of this podcast. And that's not an exaggeration. 
I was fortunate that this morning I had coffee with a gentleman who is here in town that has agreed to be on the podcast, and it's one of the best conversations I've had. Having a conversation with somebody that is truly passionate about what what their skill is, their craft, their business, their community, their faith, whatever it might be, that if they just have this unwavering passion for what they do, how they live, how they intend to impact, the legacy they intend to leave is is just extraordinary to me. And I had that conversation today where you just walk away saying, man, that's that, that guy's on it. That guy is special. What that guy, I would like to be tied to that guy and what he's doing. And then a few weeks ago on a, on the 4th of July, actually, um, I was able on the 4th of July to go have coffee with somebody here in town that made arrangements to meet with me. He's only in town like one day a week. He lives here in St. Louis, but he commutes to Boston and he, uh, you know, instead of spending time with his wife and family, he drove 40 some odd miles to have a cup of coffee with me. And I walked away from that and immediately texted some people I'm close with and said, I just had one of the best conversations I've had in my life. And I really equate that to starting this podcast, getting out of my own cubicle and getting out of my own comfort zone and embracing just, you know, my grind and embracing, uh, you know, my desire to get better, my uh, desire to collect information and collect content and collect knowledge and be able to distribute that out. So, man, what a great uh, blessing that has been for me. Uh, moving forward with some of these people I've been fortunate to meet and some people that have been reaching out to me on LinkedIn because of this podcast. Boy, I really appreciate you taking that time. To that end, let me also make a plug then. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Like I really value this. And I'm not just saying it to try to get you excited about a podcast or me excited about, like, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or Twitter. That's the best way, those two platforms. And let's just have a discussion because it's happened. And now these people, people are reaching out just to have a discussion. And just because we're all excited and passionate about kind of the same things, I get basketball coaches, I get agile coaches, I get life coaches, I get businesses and CTOs and VCs. And some of these people that are reaching out to me to have a conversation has been flattering, but really exciting because uh, again, it's uh, something that we can then distribute out to people in the area. Uh, actually, you know, there's no, there's no limitations with the internet, I guess we can, we can make an impact on the world. So let me uh, go through. So my Monday routine is going to be very centered on weekly roundup. I'm not going to be able to sit here and say, this person said this, this person said that, but let me just give you this disclaimer up front. I do it every week that I do this. Um, right now I listen to a lot of Gary Vanderchuk. So this is going to be a lot of Gary V. Uh, I got some information from Mike Krzyzewski this week. I got some information from John Wooden and some of his books. I got some information from um, Lewis Howes and his podcast, and uh, the, which is the School of Greatness. Um, Tim Grover, I have a book in front of me called Relentless, From Good to Great to Unstoppable. He is a trainer for Michael Jordan. Um, those are, that's, that's who I was involved with. Andy Frisella is another podcast that I had to listen to and, um, Ray Diallo, uh, Ray D- Dalio. I apologize. Ray Dalio has a book, has a book called principles. So uh, that's the disclaimer up front. That's who I read, listened to, watched on YouTube, whatever it might be during my free time or early in the morning with a cup of coffee. That's where my notes come from. Although I won't be able to specifically say who said what, but let me, the, there's a lot. So as I look at my notes, I highlight what I take notes on what is valuable and important to me or resonates with me or strikes a chord with me. And then I go back through and I highlight what I would like to bring up for the podcast, trying to keep this podcast to be around 30 or 40 minutes on my Monday roundup. But I essentially, I, I took a highlighter to about 80% of my notes and I know we can't get to it all. 
Um, so at some point, I'll just call it what it is and, and we'll move on and get ready for the guests that we'll have on Wednesday. But here's a few things. The first thing I wrote down did come from Gary Vandercheck, and it says people are short term. We all think short term. I think short term. We all want results now. We're not willing to embrace the grind, the discipline to, to get better, to see improvement, to have those things happen. So if you're sitting in your cubicle, which I do, I'm not sitting here uh, saying anything about anybody because I sit in that cubicle as well. I sit in that cubicle and want to make a change, want to make a difference, want to have more impact, want to do things uh, for the client or for my business. And I want it to happen now. You know, I, I remember sitting, wanting to be involved. The first company I worked with uh, here in St. Louis, um, I just wanted to be in every meeting because I wanted to learn as much as I could. And then I was told I couldn't be. I couldn't. I couldn't. It was, you know, we can't have everybody in every meeting was essentially what I was told. And I remember that resonating with me because I wanted it so fast. I wanted to be involved and included and learn. And even if I was just sitting in the back taking notes, I really wanted that opportunity to to learn. Um, but I was told that I couldn't. Uh, I just wanted that so fast. Um, a story I tell kids, uh, one of the groups that I work with, and this is not meant to sound um, uh, um, arrogant or any uh, anything along those lines, but you, most of you know that I am a basketball coach. Most of you also know that I work my kids out a, uh, a lot. I work my kids out. I have an eight and a nine-year-old, uh, two boys, and we do a lot of basketball. Um, I would say that my boys are pretty good. I'm not saying they're the best. I'm not saying that they're going to play in the NBA. I'm not even saying they're going to play in college. I'm just saying that my boys, I think, are going down a very good track to be very good players. But other people see them, and then they want to want me to kind of work their kids out. So I'll work kids out on occasion and do things, and we work out a lot of kids, and it's 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 been a great experience for me and uh, for the families and, and for my kids. Um, but I say this because... Uh, Kids will look at like my kids and see how they shoot the ball. And they, they want to have that. Hey, let's go work out with them. Let's do what they're doing. If we do what they're doing, we could be just as good. But what they don't understand is that nine-year-old has been shooting the basketball every day since they were four. Okay, so then you see a kid that says, I want to do that. But then they don't understand. Okay, you can do that. But let's do it again tomorrow. Let's do it again the next day. And then two years from now, let's still be doing it. And then let's get more, more intense about it. Let's put in more time with it and let's grind it out, right? I do think, and my belief is that you can be great at anything. I read a story this week. I have a tendency to bounce around. I apologize. But I read a story this week about a lady who knew nothing, nothing about poker, about professional poker playing. She knew zero about it, was decent at math, did not understand what hand beat what, did not know anything about it. But she understood that if she put her mind and attention and the grind to playing poker over one year's time, that she could be an expert, that she could be a professional. So she is giving these examples of her process and the work she put in, the book she read, the YouTube video she watched, the people she discussed it with. And by the end of that year, when she was asked how much money she had made playing poker in one year's time, she said, I, this past year, I made over $200,000 playing poker where a year ago she couldn't she couldn't tell you if two of a kind beat three of a kind right or two pair i mean two pair beats three of a kind or a full house beats a straight right which i always get confused does a full house always beat a straight or is a straight better i think it's i think a, i think a, i think a full house beats a straight so that's just 
being, I believe you can do anything. And I tell everybody that I uh, work with that you can do anything, but then you also have to understand the grind that's in it. So the idea that Gary Vee says is people are too short-term. People won't see the work that's involved. People won't see that the discipline that you have to have, uh, that it takes to, in order to be great on some of those things. The other thing he says here is patience and being positive, be patient and be positive. So, um, just have unbelievable patience. There are certain goals that I have that I think about every day. I write down every week. I have a book that somebody recommended to me. It's a yearly planning book. It's hard covered, uh, weekly and every week you have to, it kind of tells you that you got to write your goals down. And I've been doing it every it's July. Now we're seven months in almost into month eight. And I, you, every week write down. So I know what my out and I have patience to it. And I'm going to be positive with it. I know exactly where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be doing, who I'm going to be doing it with, and the impact that I'm going to have. So be patient, but above all else, be positive. Um, those are the things that Gary Vee was talking about. There's a bunch here from Gary Vee. Uh, maybe this is actually from uh, um, from the uh, coach of Villanova, Jay Wright, who's the head basketball coach of Villanova. One of the two said some of this stuff. Um, Making excuses. You're sitting in that cubicle and it's so easy to make excuses uh, and to justify what you're doing or how you're doing it or why you didn't perform or why you didn't come through or why people are upset with you and it's somebody else's fault and it's so easy to make excuses. So here's the quote from Gary Vee, I believe. It's easier to shit on somebody else than it is to do it to yourself. So it's just that much easier. It's that much easier to just say something bad, be more destructive, tear somebody else down than it is to really look at yourself. And I think that is the hardest thing to do. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are things that I am doing right now in my life where I am just trying to take full control over everything that is going on in my life. Okay. Instead of pointing the finger uh, at other people, uh, other clients, other employees that I might work with, other friends, whatever it might be. It's so easy just to make excuses for yourself or it's so easy to blame other people. Um, that it's, it's just so easy to do that than it is to look at yourself. So the idea is this. This also comes from Jocko Willink. Um, I do like recommending books and podcasts and YouTube things. Some people, uh, one of our coworkers that's actually been on this podcast, um, does not like um, Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink is not for everybody. He is a Navy SEAL. Uh, he is very intense. His stories are filled with war, their war stories of young kids dying and dis and tough decisions that have to be made. Um, I do like Jocko. Jocko has a book called Extreme Ownership. And I love the book. I would say it's one of my top five favorite books that I've ever read because I really enjoy military history um, and enjoy uh, uh, the leadership that is involved with, uh, with the military. But, uh, his, his, one of his things is you blame yourself for everything. If you are a leader, if you are listening to this, if you are a CEO, or if you have people underneath you, how powerful is it? I read in one of my notes from last week, I've got all this, these notes in front of me. I'm going to try to find it real quick while I talk. But one of the things that I read last week is right here, went right to it. The best thing a leader can say is, I screwed this up. That's one of the best things a leader can say is I screwed this one up. I screwed this up. 
So that puts everything on you. This is what I feel. I don't know if I've read this, but this is how I feel about taking on the blame. One, I hope you're in a situation where if you take it all on, that you are not getting written up, that your review is bad, that you're fearful of your job. There's nothing worse than sitting there trying to have this mindset of taking things on and protecting people below you with also the mindset like, crud, if I do this enough, I'm going to lose my job, right? To where that would change your mindset. Because I have thought that. Like, if I keep taking this on, at some point, somebody's going to say, man, you seem to be making a lot of mistakes. And we need to get rid of you or you need to, you, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't be on this team, whatever it might be. Right. That that would always make me a little nervous. Hopefully you're not in that environment. OK, but this is what I feel. If you take it on. Then you also take on the ability to find a solution. That's my that's my belief. So take on all the problems, take take care of all the complaints, even if it's not in your department. The best thing a leader can say is, I screwed this up. That protects everybody below you. It it makes them feel like you have their back instead of sitting there. Now, there is a time where I would have to sit down as a leader and sit there and say, okay, something happened here. Somebody was at fault. We didn't, we're, we are not as good in this situation as we should be, or this could be corrected, or we could have done this better. But see, there's a, here's the issue. When you are in those spots, Here's the thing that I had with my teams, and maybe I've said this before with other podcasts. Rarely, I'm not saying always, I learned that in some counseling classes, like never say always and never and all that. How's about rarely? Rarely did I or the people I worked with ever say, I, me, my. I, mine, me, any of that. Like get that, I would do everything you can to get that out of your teams. I would sit there and say, we, ours, us, together, like things like that. That's subtle change. And I know we've probably talked about this in another podcast, but that subtle change in language is impactful. The gentleman I was with this morning that I told you earlier was one of the top conversations I've had in 10 years. Phenomenal, 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 phenomenal person. Impactful. And he sat there and he said, "You, we, we don't understand as leaders how impactful our language is to one another. The words we say, and he kept saying that, the words we say to one another, how we can inspire and how we can crush and crumble people with just the words we say. So it matters how the words you say with your team, how you use things. We are us. So as you'll hear me say, even if things were going bad and things happen and the leader takes all that on, but if you were to sit there and say, okay, there was a breakdown. We, we can do a better job, even if it's not my department, right? We can do a better job on this. What are a few things we can do to make sure this doesn't happen again to us? Like we can, like, there's just a way to have that language. So you're not sitting there saying, okay, Joe, you messed up this time and we need to make sure it doesn't happen again because you blew it. And you're the reason we're all here at 11 o'clock at night, or you're the reason why we can't get things done. And everybody's got to come in on Saturday. Right, that whole mindset of putting it on one person and making somebody feel it's their fault, um, we can do better because of this situation and the way it happens. We're going to have to come in on Saturday and we'll get this corrected early so the rest of so we can enjoy our weekends. But let's try to figure out how we can make sure this doesn't happen again. There's always a a way to word things as a leader, and you need to be aware. Again, not just I'm not just saying this to you, but we need to be aware on how we can make those words better. Gary mindset, Gary, (laughs) 
Gary Vanderchuk says everything is his fault. Everything. Everything that happens with his company, he takes it on. And that way, my belief is once you own it, once you own it, you can then make solutions and you can make changes and it's easier to pivot because you own it. You've got to be responsible for all that. Here's the other thing. And this is this is starred. This is uh, highlighted. It's underlined. It is part of my notes. I would I would just consider this stuff again. You're going. This is a quote from Gary Vee. You're going to let negative people dictate the only life you have to live. The only life you have to live, and you're going to sit in a cubicle, and just just because you were told to sit there, not have an opinion, your voice isn't strong enough, you're not smart enough, you don't, whatever it might be, right? You're just going to sit in that cubicle, and you're going to let people beat you down, say negative things about you, not uplift you, and you're going to let them control the only life you have, right? That's what Gary, that's, so... Let me tell you a few things that have changed with me since I've started this podcast. A few things. A lot has changed. I'm having incredible conversations. That's first and foremost. I have been introduced and have met some of the most amazing people in six, seven weeks since I've started this podcast than I have in years. And I'm grateful for that. Um, uh, and that is one driving force for me to continue this podcast. And uh, the, the, some of the juice that I've received from uh, and feedback from other people has been great. Um, as some of my notifications go off here. But one of the things that has really changed my with my mindset is I'm not worried too much anymore about what other people think. I'm not worried about it. I know who I am. I know what I want to do. I know what makes me happy. I know what I'm passionate about. I know how this is impacting people in the community, how it's impacting people actually in other parts of the country. Um, I know how I'm now connected with other people that I never would have before. Like I'm not too concerned with somebody laughing at me anymore, right? And that's how we all need that. If you're sitting in the cubicle and you're tired and you don't know if this is for you and how you can make a change and what you can do, the first thing that starts according to some of these people that I listen to that has really changed my mindset has been being self-aware, being self-aware of who you are, what you want, where you're going, what your outcome is going to be, how you can make an impact, and being totally aware of what you're going to be, being certain. So if I were to circle back to years ago, when one of the best books I've ever read that I don't have in front of me, one of the books that I have tore up is one of Tony Robbins' first book. And one of the things that people need in life is certainty, right? And I'm certain. Right. And you need to have that certainty of who you are, what you're doing and the direction you want to go. So I think it's man, some of this stuff just resonated with me. I think there are really the changes you may want to make. If you're listening to this podcast, we're 23 minutes in just flipped over. Bam. 23 minutes, 23 minutes in. If you've gotten this far in this podcast, then you're sitting in the cube. You're in corporate America. You do want to make some changes. There are things that you know that you can take one or two things away from this podcast and either consider or implement into your life. And the one thing that I would encourage, not just speaking to you, speaking to myself again, is being totally self-aware who you are, what you want, where you're going. And then to quote uh, one of these podcast guys, don't let any of those voices set up shop in your head. Just don't let them. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do certain things um, and that you're not smart enough, that you're not intelligent enough. You don't know how to speak. You don't know anything about this industry. Who do you think you are? Go sit back down in the cube. Like that stuff wears my tail out now and I'm sick of it. 
right? And I'm sick of it, uh, not just for me personally, but to see it happen to other people as well. Here's the other thing. Again, going down my notes here, I'm only going to get to one column. Like we could do this every single day, right? If you want to, if you, if you would encourage me to do a podcast every day for 15, 20 minutes, send me something on LinkedIn. If you got this far, if you're 24 minutes and nine seconds into this podcast, just send me a message. Cause I could do, we could, we could, we could cover some things and I'll get a little bit better. Listen, here's what it says. Your ambitions don't match your actions. That's me. like, again, I write this stuff down to solidify it for me. And maybe you're the same. If you're listening to this, maybe you're the same. I've got great ambitions. I wake up every day and have great strategies, great things. But sometimes, you know what? Uh, somebody got me hooked on impractical jokers on true TV, man. And they run that sucker as a marathon. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? If I sit here for the next three hours, I could watch all these impractical jokers and laugh and drink coffee. And this will be great, but it doesn't match my ambition, right? Even though that's a funny show, it doesn't match my ambition. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching another weekend go by where I didn't, my, my actions didn't match my ambition. That's Gary V. So if you're sitting there and you have these great plans and you have these great ambitions, let me tell you this story. I coached when I coached up in Michigan, we had a six, seven kid that we got from a junior college and he was really good. Uh, no, he wasn't really good. He was okay. Let's just say that he was okay. Um, but he went around nonstop for the two or three years that he played with us. And all he talked about was how he was going to be in the NBA. Now, keep in mind, I coached at a small college up to that point, And since then, there have been zero players in the NBA from this school. So the odds were against him. He's not at our school because we're pumping out NBA players. He's at our school because he might not have had any other options. But he's at our school. And all he talked about day and night with the people in the dorms, the people in the cafeteria, at practice and pre-meetings and whatever it was, was how he was going to play in the NBA. Now, after a while, that starts to wear on you as a coach, right? It's one thing to have a kid that has great ambition that is talking about, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the NBA. I'm going to get to the NBA. And then you, then you get to the, like, listen, I used to get to the office on occasion, not every day, not every season, not every week, but on a, but a certain amount of time, I would get to the office like at three 45 in the morning. I would just get up 315. And I think I started doing that uh, because uh, one of my coaching heroes, John Gruden, used to get up at 312. So I would get up really early, get to the office. He was never there. He was never there working out. 445, 545, 645, 745. Never there. Never. Your ambit, like the energy that it takes to reach that dream, that goal, that outcome takes so much work that if you're talking about it nonstop, your actions better match it up. It's one thing if a kid has that dream or somebody has a dream to do something great and you know, hey, that sucker's up at 4.30 every morning. And you know what? That guy wants to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, or he wants to be a leader. And you know what? It's 11 o'clock at night and he's still online and he's still working and he's still grinding and all that sort of stuff. Like that, that guy you embrace and that guy you help. Hey, what can I do to help you? How can I help you with this? You know, like I'll stay up with you. What do you, you want to go get coffee? You want to talk, whatever you want to do, let's go. Right. It's one thing to say, I'm going to play in the NBA and just walk into practice 20 minutes late, leave 20 minutes early, never be in the gym, never, you know what I mean? There's a huge difference in that. So your ambitions better match your actions. Okay. Here's the other thing. Everyone is wanting you to fix everything you're bad at. 
this person, I don't know who said this, but you need to double down on your strengths. So that resonated with me. There's a lot that I'm not good at. There's a lot. I, I work in a technical field where I am surrounded by some of the smartest people I've ever been around, right? And maybe that's maybe some of this deep, deep core technology and development stuff, maybe that's just not me, right? And maybe I could sit there and say, you know what? I got to work. I just got to grind it out more. I, I can, you know, I got to grind this out more. I got to stay up later. I got to read more books. I got to code more, do more, whatever it might be, right? When that's really trying to fix maybe some things I'm weak at. Now, I will say this. I am in IT. I do write code. I am a developer. I am good enough to be a little dangerous. They do let me open up code bases and mess around and check code in and out on occasion, right? But to say that's my strength, that, that would that's just not true. That's just not true. There are other people in our company that are phenomenal, right? They are like, we're, we cross our fingers every day that our team at Polaris does not all of a sudden get their resumes and ship them off to Microsoft and Google and some of these top level places, right? Because they get those jobs. Like we have the best team around, but that's not my strength and that's fine. But instead of me worrying about my strength or worrying about my weaknesses and worrying about my weaknesses and getting torn down with my weaknesses and all that, what about just doubling down on my strength? What about getting better at those strengths? Networking, client engagement, selling, commute, like what, what, what about that? And that, that's just me. And that, you know what people listening to this that know me may say, those aren't your strengths, but what about just doubling down on your strengths? So that resonated with me this week. Okay. Here's something I tell people that I work with, uh, uh, kind of on a weekly basis, kind of circles back to the main topic of earlier, uh, the first topic I mentioned, here's a phrase. Um, I, and I like this phrase and I think we have it written on a dry erase board somewhere in our house you know, because I have a lot of a bunch of dry erase boards because uh, you never know when it's going to come time to write or to draw a play up on a, on a board. So you need to have them everywhere. The, here's the phrase. There's the pain of discipline and then there's the pain of regret. Those are the two pains that we've got to work with in our lives right the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. So I say this to these groups you can be great. You can do great things, but there's a discipline in it, and it's painful. There's a, there's a really good NBA player. His name is Ray Allen. He wrote a letter to himself after he retired to his 17-year-old self. It's a great, uh, great article, great letter to himself. I, I loved it. I, I think I distributed out to the, some of the people I work with. But essentially, he said, the lonely pursuit of greatness is what it was titled. Being great is lonely. There's a discipline to it. People are going to be running around doing things. They're going to, you're going to want to fit in. Um, that was his main point. You're either going to want to fit in or you're going to have, want to be, have the, have this lonely pursuit of greatness that you have, want, that you're going to undertake. But some people just want to fit in. Okay. So I tell this to the groups I work with, we're either going to grind this sucker out and we're going to be disciplined with it. And we're going to have the pain of discipline. And we're going to get after it every day. And we're going to sit here and we're going to uh, improve every day. And there's a pain to that. There's a sacrifice to that. There's an investment and a commitment to that. Or in six, seven years, when you guys are older and other kids are out here playing, you're going to be in the stands. And that's going to be the pain of regret. And you're not going to be a part of it. You're not going to be in the locker room. You're not going to be the one running on the floor. You're not going to be the one getting plays called for you. You're not going to be the one to hold up a state championship trophy. And you're going to have regret. So you've got to decide what you're willing to live with. So it's not turning this into coaching youth 
youth sports or anything like that, but it's coaching people and it's motivating people. Like, hey, you know what? You can do this. And I think you're great at it. And a year from now, you're either going to be crushing it and you're going to have the, or you're going to have this, the, the pain of regret of not being the best you could be. How many people sit around and say, man, I could have done that. I could have built that. I could have accomplished that. I could have achieved that. And they're sitting around with so much regret and you're sitting in, how long have you been sitting in that cube? Listen it, listen. I've been, I'm not talking just to you. I'm talking about how long have you sat in that cube with so much regret on the things that you didn't do last year, right? Or some of you are sitting around, walking around, leading people. Maybe you started a business. Maybe you, you've got this income. Maybe you have the lifestyle you want. Maybe you're going to, you're in St. Louis and you're a member at this particular country club because you grinded it out. You were disciplined and you had that pain of discipline and you have no regrets, man. I crushed it, right? There are people that I know really well, some, some very well. And the, the person I'm thinking of just grind has been grinding it out for so long and has so much discipline in what his goals, objectives, and outcomes are going to be that when he's 52 and he decides that he's done working and is in a position to retire, he's going to have no regrets. None. Right. Because he was disciplined. Right. So that th- keep those keep that phrase in mind. It's a coaching phrase. Uh, it's probably a Don Meyer phrase. I'm not sure if he's the one that came up with it. Um, but let me, let me tell you this. Uh, there's two more things I want to get to three things. One, I'm going to go over real quick right now is somebody, uh, somebody, a coworker of mine, uh, sent me a, um, an article that was in the wall, the Washington post, the, and, and if you are in a position to write this down, write it down, but the extreme leadership that got the Thai soccer boys out of the cave alive. I've got that marked. Um, I've read it. I have a lot of notes here on it. Um, It's a fascinating read by the Washington Post. I encourage everybody to go to the Washington Post and find this leadership. Um, It is called, that is what it's called, but it's called, in there they talk about in extremist, in extremist leadership. And that is, that means at the point of death, leadership at the point of death. And that's what they had to deal with, with the Thai boys that were uh, in the cave. They got rescued a week ago. And the leadership that was shown by the the SEALs um, really centered around a discussion on the leadership shown by the soccer coach who was 22, 23, 25 years old, something probably more 25. Um, And the leadership. So find that. I don't want to I would like to get into that now, but it's worth 34 minutes in. There's a few more things I want to uh, uh, go over. This is a great idea that I really liked this week. If you have seen the movie eight mile, okay. For people that are in Detroit, we do have people in Detroit that listen to this eight mile is kind of that, that the, the roads in Detroit go by mile markers. You hit eight mile, uh, you're in a, you're in a rough neighborhood. Okay. That's all I'll say. Like you're in a rough neighborhood if you're at eight mile. Okay. So, but in the movie eight mile, it's with Eminem, right? The idea of, and why that, why that, why this came up was if you default to circle back into defaulting that it's your fault, if everything is your fault, if you take the blame on, if you criticize yourself to a certain extent, if you wear that, that, that cape of defaulting to that, then you disarm everybody else, right? Nobody else can come at you if you've already taken it all on. If you so have that mindset, how's that resonate with 8 Mile? The last scene in 8 Mile, the very last scene where they are going to battle one another and rap battle one another in the last scene of eight mile. What does Eminem do? 
And this, this came from Gary V and he loves it. He's like at the last scene of eight mile, Eminem destroys himself says, and just blasts himself being the, the white guy that can't rap and that can't, you know, mix up whatever it might be. Right. He just, but then, so when it is the other person's turn to battle and apparently I'm not a, a rap guy, I'm not a rap battle guy. I don't know how all this stuff works, but I know that when you battle, you are typically going at the other person. You are attacking them and their appearance, where they came from, their mom, whatever it might be, right? They are attacking that person. So Eminem goes first and tears himself down and rips himself apart. And essentially, when the other person goes, he's already, he, Eminem's already been disarmed. The guy has nothing. Okay. And that is a great scene, according to Gary Vee. And I see how that is a great metaphor or analogy or whatever for just disarming, like putting it all on yourself because then you disarm everybody else. They can't come at you. Hey, I'll take it on. Like this is all on me. Right. So, uh, that was something as well. Um, uh, the other thing I want to bring up is this, um, great conversation this week from somebody outside of, uh, because of this uh, podcast, it's had somewhat of a reach outside of our area. Uh, it's been phenomenal meeting people. And we were talking with somebody the other day about this idea that was brought up a few weeks ago about really not liking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, where essentially you are really not liking about 65 some odd percent of your life right? You hate your job. You hate the leadership. You hate the way you're treated. You hate the contribution that you're providing. You hate that, you know, you, that you have to go there on Mondays and you have all the stress and anxiety and build up on Sunday night. Cause you have to go there. And then, you know, uh, we also, uh, uh, Bob Chapman from, uh, one of the CEOs that we were talking about a few weeks ago, where he was saying 88% of people that work don't feel like their company cares about them. So all this is brought up, right? And I was having this conversation with somebody a few weeks ago where they, uh, not a few weeks ago, this past week where, uh, with some reach out on LinkedIn, where they were saying that they are missing, their job is so bad, the leadership is so bad in terms of how they make people feel and the value that they feel, all that, that this person would prefer to just be on road trips to get away from the office. So they sign up or raise their hand or do whatever they can to get out of the office and be on the road. Right. Because it's so unbearable at the office that this person that I talked with would rather be on the road. Okay, so let me ask you this. How does that impact their family? How does that impact their kids? How does that impact their livelihood, the stress, all that, that they essentially would rather just be away? Right. So that resonated with me. So, I mean, you got to think about that. Like if you're if you have created that type of environment. If you're a leader, a CEO, a CTO, or somebody that creates the culture, or somebody that creates the the vibe of the team, you've got to look at that. What what a what a horrible work environment where your people just want to raise their hand just so they get out of the office and don't have to be around you, the culture, the team, the vibe, the energy, uh, the juice that that team brings. Right. So um, at the per- that person uh, was out in California that brought that up. I really appreciated that back and forth that we had this week. Um, there's a lot more that I could cover but this is a 40 minute podcast. Um, what I wanted to bring up though, a few, a few asks, I try to do this every episode. The first ask is this, this is going better than we had thought as a group and as a team and the people that are helping me with the, uh, with the podcast, it's going better than we had thought in terms of the feedback and the, uh, the reception we're receiving from people. So I guess my first ask is if you could just share this out, 
find somebody that you could share it with, whether that be a link or a blog or, hey, go get out from the cube. It's maybe something you'd be interested in. That would be great. Two, I really would, I really do appreciate the feedback. We have received great feedback. Uh, one, people really enjoy the content. They really like the maybe the juice that I bring and the passion that I bring on some of the subject matter. Uh, but with, there have been things like, hey, it'd be better if you did this. It'd be better if you did that. And I appreciate that. The, 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 the goal is this, is to have an impact, uh, to get a word out, to make to give strategies on how people can uh, just improve a little bit, right? To circle back to that 1% mindset, 1% every day, just a little bit better every day, a little bit better. So how can we make this podcast better for you? Uh, So, you know, maybe it's shorter, maybe it's 10 minute podcast instead of 40 minutes and 36 seconds, right? The second thing, uh, the third ask I have is, and I I really want to be authentic with this. And I really want uh, you to understand uh, this ask. Connect with me on LinkedIn, not to build any sort of following or to have more connections or whatever it is. I have heard from more people on LinkedIn the past three or four weeks that we've done this, and I have been engaged in more of the best conversations that I have had over the past 10 or so years. I would love to have that conversation with you, with more people, but more so to get more content, to get more strategies, to get more principles and practices uh, so we can then discuss them and and we can in, in impact more people. Um, so please reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, George Evian, my last name is spelled E-V-J-E-N. Um, and then, or you can reach out to me on Twitter at G Evian on, uh, is my Twitter handle. Um, I enjoy this a lot. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, again, the feedback please share it out with people. Um, and also please reach out to me on LinkedIn and let's start a conversation. It's, uh, the past week or two since we've done this has really been, um, flattering. It's really been flattering because I've had some amazing conversations and, and I don't, uh, they, they, it's, I could say they're life-changing conversations, uh, the impact is life-changing. Uh, some of these conversations, you may roll your eyes at that, but it's only life-changing for me if I take action on some of these things. If you want to go back and listen to my episode with Aaron Branson, where he talks about his life and his values, what's important to him and how that impacts his business and his family, his community and all that. If you don't think that's impactful, it's super impactful. But not only that, is it life-changing? Sure, it's life-changing. It's only life-changing though, if we take action, not we, but me. Like if I, if I can have more of that, uh, that mindset of service and uh, community and uh, making sure that the example and the commitment to families and things that, I mean, that's, that, that's impactful. Some of these other people I've met, it's been equally impactful and I appreciate, but please reach out to me. Um, that's 42 minutes. I, this is Monday. I hope the start of your week was great. Um, I think we're all going to have amazing weeks. I have a lot more notes. If you prefer me to make this a long formed podcast where I get through everything, or if you'd prefer me to do five, 10 minutes every day, That'd be fine too. Uh, there's always a, a lot to learn, a lot to talk about and consider. Um, that's about it. I was going to give books and people. I am reading a new book right now. If you're interested, it is called The Way of the Seal. Think like an elite warrior to lead and succeed. It's by Mark Devine, um, who is a commander, U.S. Navy SEAL, retired. I just started this book uh, because it is along the lines, I believe, of a Jocko Willink book. And I'm super excited about it. I'm only 20 or 30 pages in. I am also in the process of finishing up a book called Get Momentum. 
This is a book by Jason Womack and his wife, Jody Womack. Get Momentum is a, uh, it's impacted me. I'm almost done with it. And I'm super excited to read this book and finish this book because Jason uh, has, um, uh, I I met at a mastermind. He's a big time coach here nationally, but he has also agreed to be on the podcast here once I get through the book. So once I get through the book and uh, red ink it up uh, and and highlight it up, uh, uh, he will be on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to that because uh, his keynote at a mastermind group a few weeks ago was really good, was really phenomenal. Um, but anyway, I hope you have a great rest of the week. That's 45 minutes and I uh, hope you have a great week. And if there's anything we can do, um, please reach out to me. But regardless, track me down on LinkedIn. Let's get connected and let's, uh, let's start a great discussion and dialogue and let's be impactful. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you.